the goal is to grow remote work to get more people working remotely. So I'm always happy to add more things. And I'm, I'm just realizing as well, the journey to remote work success is so different for everybody. So if people can pick and choose and find something that really resonates with them and really helps them, um, it will definitely help more people work online and have success in it as well. Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello, welcome back. If this is your first time joining, then welcome. This podcast is for digital entrepreneurs carving out their slice of the online economy. To download my free guide on starting a business online, head over to digitalnomadcafe.com forward slash start or look for a link in the description. Today's guest is Christina Vall and she's joining us from Ecuador. Christina is an experienced freelance social media manager and digital marketer and the founder of Rise Remote. Rise Remotely is a new marketplace for remote workers to aid them in their journey to remote work success. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, welcome to the show, Christina. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit more about what Rise Remotely is um, and how it ha- how it helps serve the digital nomads and freelancers out there. So Rise Remotely is a platform where you can browse through uh, ebooks, white papers, live coaching, uh, live online sessions, uh, traditional online courses and one-on-one coaching sessions. And you can pick and choose, um, you, you can uh, pick and choose um, these products and they help you uh, aid your journey in remote work success. So if you want to become an expat or a digital nomad or just a remote worker, there is a plat- um, a resource or a coach for you to help you. Um, it's a group, uh, I grouped industry experts. So people who are really experienced in just becoming an expat or people who are really experienced in anything digital nomadism or coaches that help entrepreneurs succeed. Um, And so I created this platform because when I jumped into coaching one year ago, um, there was a little bit of a problem because some people were coming to me and they were wanting to learn how to become an expat and move to Dubai with their two kids. And I didn't have any experience with this. And there was... Uh, they were, I realized there was a lot of different people on their different journeys to remote work success. So I decided then I would create a platform and help people who are super experienced in, in these different small niches in remote work um, to help people then be able to become uh, to work remotely because I'm super passionate about remote work. I've never stepped foot into an office. So I wanted to create something that can help more and more people become uh, able to be location independent and work remotely. Absolutely love the idea. I really do because there isn't anywhere that I'm aware of that has this sort of a situation where you can go on and you can browse a few different coaches. You can book one session, five sessions. It helps you solve for that problem that you're having at that time. You know what I mean? Like freelancers often could do with a bit of coaching. Um, and and like like you're saying, somebody wants to get a remote job, maybe they need a little bit of coaching to get their things in order. And, you know, expats, like you're saying, I mean, you, you move into Spain from Canada, somebody wants to move to Dubai, somebody wants to move somewhere else. If you could have that one hour with somebody, you could save yourself a whole lot of headaches in terms of, you know, visa issues, stuff on the ground, like what to look out for, things to be aware of. Like, God, there's so much to be said for just 
you know, just having an hour or five hours with somebody to, to save yourself a whole lot of, you know, just headaches and time and energy problems, let's just say down the line. Exactly. And I also found with other platforms like Udeme, um, there was so many courses and you had to browse through so many courses and some of them weren't exactly what you wanted and you had to watch five hours of sessions to get to that point where you're like, oh, you know what, I already knew some of this stuff or anything like that. So with Rise Remotely, I tried to filter through um, and find experts that kind of get cut right to the chase. And that's also why we have ebooks and um, white papers as well. So if you have a super specific um, problem that you need, um, we're trying to address that with ebooks and white papers as well. That's awesome. And I, I mean, I imagine as it grows and as people provide feedback, you'll be able to add more to it, you know, as as people request it, I guess, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, essentially, the goal is to grow remote work to get more people working remotely. So I'm always happy to add more things. Um, and I'm, I'm just realizing as well, the journey to remote work success is so different for everybody. So if people can pick and choose and find something that really resonates with them and really helps them, um, it will definitely help more people work online and have success in it as well. That's it. And look, everybody's version of success is so different. I mean, people often get this. I mean, misguided. What's right for you is not right for me. You know, like it's like <laughs> every everybody's diff, Everybody has a different version, and and people also are happier working in different environments. Some people do not want clients at all. Some people are love working with people. Are very extroverted. Some people, you know what I mean, like don't want to have a personal brand. They want to create something that's not got to do with them at all. So having having a resource that you can go to where you can skill up in the areas uh, that you are interested in and actually want to pursue and then you know potentially get coaching with the right sort of coach for you at that time is i mean i think it's a really good idea so i'm um, power to you christina and i hope uh, any of the listeners who are interested in it it's riseremotely.com is the website and you can go over there and shop the um courses the live training sessions and also potentially hire a coach Definitely. Yes. And we are just in the process of launching. So it's very exciting. And you're from Canada originally, isn't that right? Yes. Uh, near Toronto. So what brought you to Ecuador? Let's, 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 let's get into that. You know, uh, you know, what is it that you do and what brought you to Ecuador? Um, so yeah, I'm sure a lot of digital nomads can relate uh, in, with the term visa hopping. So that's essentially what brought me to, uh, to Ecuador. Um, I was more or less in Spain for three months, uh, trying to make a base there, um, being that I work fully remotely. Um, and then uh, since I'm Canadian, I'm only allowed in Europe for three months without a visa. Um, and I'm in the process of getting a visa now, but I have to go back to Canada to get one. Um, so I, <laughs> yes, so I decided I would go to Ecuador and actually the plan was supposed to go to Peru after, um, and I'm in the process of learning Spanish. So it was win-win. I would brush up on my Spanish. Um, and I've been here since January. And that, of course, wasn't the plan. I'm a little bit stuck here because of coronavirus, but um, I'm not complaining. It's super tropical. It's beautiful. So it, it's great. There's worse places you could be stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, your business. So we were talking a little bit beforehand, uh, you know, and your business has kind of evolved over time, let's say. So you've been working online now for about seven years, was it you said? Yeah, yeah, six, seven, around that time, yeah. And so can you talk us through a little bit about, you know, 
when you started off working online, what sort of services you were offering um, and how, you know, how and why you got started working? Like, what was it that made you want to work online? Was it this travel that you wanted to do? Like, what did that, what did that all look like for you? Uh, yeah, so I started traveling uh, uh, solo when I was 18. Um, and I actually got my first online job uh, when I was still in university. Um, and I had a friend that I was close with and they inspired me a lot because they were working online in Facebook ads and this was seven years ago so this was quite new and it was really interesting Um, and then um, they inspired me and also I my mom actually inspired me quite a bit because she actually hated going into her office job she didn't hate her job but she hated going into it all the time and I just thought you know when I graduate school I I don't want to go into a nine-to-five um I I think there's another way um and luckily enough I before I even graduated I had got gotten my first client um through a Facebook ad ironically enough um (laughs) (laughs) yeah which was great um and then from there I kind of just progressed uh freelancing and getting more and more clients and progressed uh building my skills as well Uh, but I started with social media I was a social media and growth manager and luckily the client was pretty accepting that I didn't have much experience um, and he kind of was offering to train me a little bit and give me a smaller pay but I actually ended up working with this client for four years and growing his brand a lot so so it turned out great. That's good and you also got the opportunity like you're saying to uh, like he trained you a little bit, so maybe you weren't at the higher end, but you were able to take you know skills and training from this person and then apply that to your other clients. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so he, uh, it was a product development company, so he did. Uh, he had a lot of products, such as. He has a lot of products such as um, phone cases and T-shirts and just basic uh, e-commerce products. And what he had is he was just starting this out. uh, So he was really in the stage of growth. So he actually shared it was just me and him working together. And he shared his visions with me for the brand. He shared what he wanted to do. He also uh, started to develop an app for social media sharing like uh, groups uh, way back when it that was actually possible. Um, And I also helped him create the app and everything. And um, so we were really kind of uh, partnering together on all of his ventures. And it was really great for me because I really got experience. I actually onboarded a bunch of people to this app. I trained a team to help uh, deal with the communications for this app. And I was doing all of this with him and it was really interesting. So he, that first client was a really great opportunity for me to learn a lot. And from there I, I expanded into a bunch of other clients as well yeah so let's touch on that a little bit so when it comes to like one of the hardest parts for people when they're starting out is exactly that getting clients and it's great to hear that you know you put the 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 proof to the test you know you literally did the thing that you were going to go and do for people and that you ran ads um you know that were obviously targeted well enough that you picked up your own clients but you know after that did you look to the marketplaces or did you continue to do facebook ads or did you look in facebook groups like what did that look like for you Um, So getting clients has kind of been a lot of different avenues for me. Um, Sometimes I would go on Indeed, which is used a lot in North America. And uh, a lot of people say, actually, it's not a very good uh, way to get clients. But a few years ago, it was it was quite good because you would kind of have to hack the system and search like work from home in the job title or remote. okay in the job title because they didn't have searches for remote jobs yet. Um, And then I started also to do through LinkedIn. 
in. Actually, a lot of my clients, I kind of just got through networking. Um, there was somebody in my network that once wished me a happy birthday, you know, on LinkedIn. Sometimes, obviously, you don't know everybody personally. Um, and they wished me a happy birthday. And I said, oh, thanks. Are you hiring? I checked out your company. And they're like, actually, yeah, we are. And then I got the job this way. So um, <laughs> it was kind of just being an opportunist, I think. And also then being confident in what you do and um, looking for work and maybe not always getting caught up with all of the crazy job boards. Although this was a few years ago, so now things have changed and you do have to be very competitive. But I've also met some clients when I was traveling and offered my services. Um, I picked up a client which was an Israeli growth hacking agency and I learned a lot from them. And I met the owner of the agency when I was traveling in Venice and then six months later he posted a job posting and it was at least he knew me personally so he trusted me a little bit more so it's really a variety of different ways I got different clients of course and so you know when you were doing this were you traveling around a lot Is, you know over the co- last couple of years I know you're in you've been in Ecuador I guess not by cho- choice but um <laughs> you know yeah b- prior to that was it a lot of traveling around like is that what you were doing when you were doing working online you were traveling uh, were you staying in places for long yeah definitely um there was a point in time where I um had a friend that worked at EasyJet so I basically got any EasyJet flight for 20 euros <laughs> so I definitely abused that and I was traveling all around Europe um I had to sometimes like wake I woke up and I had to like remind myself what country I am in and it was it was really crazy at some points but this was right when I first started um and I was like yeah let's go travel let's go do this um but as I did it more and more um I realized that slow traveling is something I really enjoy um kind of got really tired with being in one country and then two weeks later being in another country. So then I decided to plan my travels to be two to three months in one country. And then I kind of start to have a little bit of a home there. And then, and then of course, leave mostly due to visa issues. Um, but now I'm realizing that Spain is amazing and I'm wanting to make a base in Spain. Once I get I love Spain. That's that's where I plan on going to. No joke. I've I've said it probably a hundred times on this show. I love Spain. I'm probably going to move to Spain at some stage. The plan was Spain 2020, but uh, yeah, maybe not this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2021 <laughs> is the year. <laughs> maybe, maybe 2021. But I mean, there's a big. Uh, um, community of people, I guess, digital nomads in um, Granada, uh, a lot of people in Las Palmas and the Canary Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, Barcelona is a cool city. I love Barcelona so much. Um, I meant to be there next month, actually, for uh, Affiliate World Conference, but that's I actually don't even know if that's cancelled. I better check because <laughs> maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't cancel it. Uh, but I wasn't planning on going, so I'll just try and get a refund. But um, yeah. No, Spain is amazing. I was also based in Malaga as well. They have quite a big digital nomad scene as well. I was surprised. Which is cool, you know, because like, I guess that wasn't there years ago. And now that I see it's in Spain, I'm like, oh, I definitely want to spend it even just a couple of months of the year down there because, um, yeah, well, avoid the Irish winter is my ideal <laughs> scenario. You know, I mean, I live in Ireland and the winters are long and dark and cold, no more than in Canada. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? you know get the hell out of here during that time if you can so <laughs> so look so uh, you know on your website uh, christinavol.com sorry is, is that how you pronounce it vol or vol vol v-o-l-l vol yeah <laughs> on your website so you know what is it now that you're that you're doing and that you're focused on so you know you said you did a lot of social media stuff for a lot of people but you've transitioned towards um coaching 
and, and mentoring people. So can you talk to me a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, definitely. So um, when I first started, I I started with wanting to teach people how to become a digital nomad. And then I transitioned that into location independent because I realized some people may not want to travel. Um, and then I actually now transitioned that into how to become a successful freelancer um, because from my experience, my six years of experience becoming a freelancer, a lot of my turning points were actually when I established myself as a freelancer and then I was able to, you know, charge more for my for my work um, and I knew my worth and I would actually like stand up to my clients and be like, you know, I, I haven't changed my prices for one year. I made the mistake when I was a freelancer, I didn't change my prices for three years. And I realized I was actually like really undercharging. Um, and then and then I, I, I raised my prices. A lot of my clients came back and they're like, you know what, I really respect you for doing this. And I learned a lot of professional and personal growth this way. So that's the focus of my coaching to be able to actually help freelancers who already have their niche, who already have um, their business somewhat established and to be able to actually navigate through being a freelancer and making that sustainable and the longevity of the business and to be able to deal with growing as a freelancer. It's a real struggle, isn't it? People can get pigeonholed into, you know, you started working at a certain rate and you think that that's, that's the rate, but to grow, you know, I guess to grow both your business and, and for yourself and your, your own, um, you know, your own personal and professional growth, you, you definitely need to um, keep your skills sharp, but also increase your rates so that you can, yeah, work, work, uh, what do you call it, work less for more money, you know, <laughs> ultimately, that's what you want. Definitely. Um, and when I look back at the work that I did when I first started compared to the work I do now, it's insanely different because I have so much experience. So that justifies a higher price of course <laughs> for sure well i mean you, you build that muscle don't you like and that's where you just know you, you you start to instinctively know things you know i mean i get this even working with shopify day in day out you just you can just look at at the back end of a website and you're like you're not doing this and you're not doing this these are two things you need to look at doing right away and it'll increase your revenue and it's not that they didn't know that it needed to be done or anything it was just maybe their perception is very focused in their own world that sometimes they don't get a chance to step back and and see it whereas you know i would see in the back end of multiple websites across multiple niches and you're like oh no i'm telling you this is what works and time and time again you know what i mean you see the results over and over and and but that's that you know it's just your experience and you're, you're flexing that muscle so when it comes to like establishing yourself as a freelancer, you know, what are some common mistakes that you, you see people make um, who are freelancing? Um, so, yeah, at first um, it was definitely um, raise, like your prices and knowing your worth. Um, sometimes also I saw the other side of this because my, my boyfriend also has an online business and he was actually hiring um, some people to help him out with PR, with marketing, all of this. So I was seeing what some other people were charging and they were actually not delivering much value at all. So it, you really have to find the sweet spot, know what is out there, know what is good marketing, for example, or whatever is good in your niche um, and know know what that is and know how you deliver that. And a great way to know that is through client testimonials. If almost all of your clients can give you a good testimonial, you know that you're doing great. But if you know, you've had 
experiences with some of your clients or, you know, they weren't happy with some of your work, then maybe you need to go and reassess uh, your worth as a freelancer and and work on your skills. So that's definitely one thing that you need to be confident and strong with and, and know what's right, too, because with with a client, both sides have to be happy. You don't want to overcharge a client and have them disappointed. And you also don't want to undercharge and not know your worth. Um, and also, I think with a freelancer as well, another point would be um, being able to manage your business, your time zones, your different clients, um, be able to always deliver on time and have really open communication with your clients. If, for example, I've been in situations um, because my I'm a digital marketing uh, consultant. So I've been in situations where one time a client actually used a, a bot on Instagram um, and then got all of my clients accounts shadow banned. <laughs> and that was a headache and a half. Um, but then, of course, you have to deal with these setbacks. So you have to be really honest with your with your um, clients and really communicative with them. Um, so really, just being able to to really just genuinely be a good person to your clients, I think, is is really important. And kind of knowing when to uh, sh- shift between, you know, like you're delivering them a service, other than uh, like delivering them a service, or being able to just kind of treat them more like a friend, but still obviously professional. No, absolutely. And I mean, with Facebook ads, it's a, it, that can be a funny one because I've seen some people do pay per performance and then other people do, you know, maybe a setup fee and a fixed rate for management. It's up to the individual how they do it. But obviously with the pay per performance, if you're really good at what you do, your income is potentially uncapped. I guess it's as uncapped as their ability to spend on advertising. But um, on the flip side, you don't really get anything up front. <laughs> so it's like that dangerous line between. But uh, look, I mean, not not too many people do it. Most people do um, set up and, and a management fee. But um, yeah, so. And look, and then when it comes to like, let's say Facebook ads, like um, are you doing much of that these days yourself? Um, so actually right now I am taking a little bit of a break off, um, promoting, uh, my, my own freelancing and also, uh, getting coaching clients, um, because I am now working on a new venture, uh, which is Rise Remotely. So it, I've been working on it for the past six months. Um, and I, I can share a little bit more about that in a minute, but that's the reason why I haven't, um. I haven't been doing much of Facebook ads um, recently, but it actually, you, you still need to really stay on touch. So I'm also still reading a lot about it and what's changing and everything, especially with coronavirus. Um, no, I was just going to ask, like, you know, do you have any tips for freelancers who, who are maybe looking to get clients with regards to Facebook ads? Like what what sort of ad type that they might be running or, you know, anything to do with the targeting to help them? Like, is, is it just about knowing who your ideal client is, like ideally, and, and trying to drill down from there? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's also it's important to know about um, targeting as well uh, because e- even for me, one time like I put a picture of of myself um, and it was a professional photo, but then I had my my targeting I thought was was okay, but I did kind of do it in a rush and it was my own personal brand so I was like okay um, I'll just try this out um, and uh, then I got a bunch of guys just messaging me and I was like oh no <laughs> so um, I think also just knowing that like you have to have your targeting quite specific I think for um, selling your services but also Facebook ads they could work really great but also I think just a really organic approach is, is also equally as important and it also does save you money as well. 
Organic on Facebook's been brutal for me. I guess maybe I'm not putting up the content. <laughs> they want you to upload videos. At the minute, it's all about they want you to upload videos. And look, if you do that, you can get the engagement. And of course, you can retarget people who've watched them um, percentages. There's ways you can mm-hmm. see people now, a lot of sneaky people they're doing like, because you can't target Facebook groups with ads, but you can upload a video into a Facebook group or reply in a Facebook group with a video. And then you can target people who watch that video. So that's kind of like a sneaky roundabout way to retarget Facebook ads to a group so let's say you're i don't know you're a freelance writer and you're trying to get writing clients and you join a bunch of seo facebook groups or something and you go in there and answer a few questions with video replies it's kind of a sneaky way then to you know because seo people are always looking for writers um you, you know what i mean like that's kind of like a roundabout way where that's where my brain will go you know what i mean but um sure what do i know at the end of the day <laughs> you know <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's many, many ways. Um, actually, something that I've been having a lot of luck with is um, I, I don't have a crazy following on Instagram, like 1000 something like not even 2000. But they are uh, my Instagram following, I think would be quite engaging. Um, because what I do a lot of is posting stories and asking questions. Like, for example, um, I was like featured in a remote work um a Facebook page. And then I, I posted that just to share it. And then I said, like, who thinks remote work is the future? And then one of the, the poll buttons was a thousand percent agree. And then the other one was, I do, but how, how to work remotely. And so people who answer these questions, they kind of are qualified leads for you right away. Um, if somebody's like, uh, how do you work remotely? Then you actually go and direct message them and you're in the direct messages, which is super personal. And you're like, Hey, um, I saw that you replied to this, um, blah, blah, blah. Here's like a link to an ebook. Or if you want more tips, I'm just happy to help and give tips. And then they, they, they ask you a few questions, you organically just talk to them. And I think that actually has had a lot of value and impact for me recently. Yeah, I mean, just like like when you get into the direct messages with people, I'm forever amazed at the people whose attention you can get in their Instagram DMs. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. people who you otherwise would not think that you could get access. To. I'm telling you, if you DM people on Instagram, odds are they're probably going to see it and reply to you. <laughs> and uh, even sending little... Even sending little voice messages, I think, is nice. I mean, I pitch when it comes to me lining up people for the podcast. It's I mean, often I'll go on Instagram on the podcast page and I'll, um, you know, search a couple of hashtags, look at a couple of um, like, I don't know, the sort of people who I want to bring on. And I go and I message them and I send them voice messages. And you know what I mean? It's, it's amazing how easy it is to get people to, to reply there versus like, you know, trying to find their emails and everything else. Definitely. And I think, I think, yeah, the best, the best way is the most native way for the platform. And luckily now Instagram, they even added a button recently that's like DM me for, to put in the Instagram stories. So, so they're definitely, I think, adjusting for this because a lot of people are realizing it's just also just, it cuts out the middleman. It's like very easy an Instagram message. Like if you do what I do and I'm pretty lazy, like I even like record like I I talk to my phone and then it types it for me so like you really just have to like say a few words it types it for you you press send it's amazing so it is very very simple very easy and also Instagram people are now always scrolling through it as well so it's kind of like I think one of the most organic um, native ways to the platform. Yeah, and look, like you said, it's a good way to, good way to get in touch with potential clients and also people who you know you're trying to network with, um, and things like that. Now you mentioned, um, 
about sending them a free ebook or that. I'm just curious with regards to the, you know, to the Facebook ads and everything that you were running. Is that often one of the main ways that you would get people to, you know, opt in, let's say, and sign up? Is it to have a lead magnet focused ad? Is that the way you would approach it? Um, yeah, it really, it really depends. Um, I think that works really well for if you have already a little bit of a following, um, because you, when you're working at the top of the funnel, you still want to, you know, kind of introduce uh, what you're doing and everything and get people to know you. So maybe evoking emotion um, and telling your story or something like that is more valuable. And then retargeting with an ebook or something like that is good. Um, also, too, sometimes I've just asked people straight up, like, uh, do you want some remote work tips, especially now since everybody is working remotely, um, whether they were ready to or not? Um, and I just asked them, like, do you want some remote work tips? I've had people like write like a huge paragraph to me being like, you know, I'm not ready to work remotely, but blah, 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 da, da, da. And then I just have like a really honest conversation with them. Um, and then from there, maybe I'll send them an ebook or I'll direct them to my website where I have some remote work tips um, and the tools I use. Um, so I think being a little bit more natural with it instead of being like, here's an ebook. I want your email. I'm going to send you stuff. Instead, you're kind of like, this ebook I think will help you based on like the couple messages that we've exchanged. I think that's a really organic way. And it also makes people actually read through your ebook. And there's so many e- email, uh, sorry, there's so many ebooks that I've signed up for. And I've actually like read the first page and was like, why did I sign up for this? I don't know. I'm not, I don't have time to read it right now. <laughs> and so I never actually like remember who sent it to me or anything like that. Um, but but also too, it's a lean magnet. They've worked for so many people, and there are su- they are super effective as well. Um, for me right now, I'm kind of working a lot with organic marketing because it's it's also something with my own brand that I enjoy doing, and it's also really rewarding to see who you can actually reach and how you can make an impact with that. That's good. So when it comes to the organic marketing, so like what sort of, you know, can you give me some ideas on on a strategy? Somebody who's listening to this, somebody who's a freelancer and they want to, you know, use an organic strategy. Is it back to what you were talking about there on, you know, Instagram stories and, and putting things on LinkedIn and just getting into people's private message and DMs? Is that what you mean? Yeah, definitely. And um, you can also like Facebook groups become quite saturated now, but there's a lot of digital nomads Facebook groups for people um, who are looking for freelancers to do this and that and everything. Um, I've, I've gotten clients through a Facebook group, so they are still definitely useful. Um, basically, if you if you do approach somebody off a Facebook group or through messages or anything like that, also just making it as personable as possible so you do stand out. Um, people who do post their job ad on a Facebook group have so many messages. Um, and I think just in a quick message, you explain what you do and how you can help and like why you're excited or like why, why you want to do that and just being really transparent. And then it kind of sets a mood for the conversation for the work term. Um, and also just like I said before, like I've gotten a client because they wish me happy birthday on LinkedIn and then I asked if they were hiring. So also just kind of like making opportunities out of what you aren't really conventional opportunities that always help that always works too like it's sometimes obviously a shot in the dark but but if anything at least you have um a connection or you know they've noted it in their mind or something like that but i think it's also having that mindset as a freelancer that you know 
I mean, you're always in sales mode, you know what I mean? Like you're always, I mean, you're ultimately as a freelancer, you're selling yourself and your own services, you run your own business. So, you know, at any opportunity where somebody may need your services who who could be a good client, you should always let them know what it is that you do and, and present yourself, you know, because if you don't, like if you're a freelancer and you don't have a, you know, you're not stacked up with work and you don't have enough work, let's say, or as much work as you would like, if when you're not working, you should be selling. You know what I mean? You should be doing these things like making the, um, you know, trying to trying to get clients for yourself, you know, because if you don't go into sales mode, uh, I guess you're in trouble, really, you know, because if you're not working on client work, then you should be trying to sell your services. I mean, look, that's just my I don't mean all day, every day. I just mean, like, you know, if you're if you're going to work 30 hours a week and you've only got 15 hours booked, then like you should spend at least five hours doing sales, you know, yeah. <laughs> during that time to try and fill up that other 15. Because if you just do the work and then you're like, ah, oh, screw it, I've no more work. It's like, well, you're not going to grow. <laughs> you De- know? Definitely. I, I agree. And I think also something to note is. I, I personally believe um, there's a fine line between, you know, doing sales and kind of like pressuring um, somebody to buy your service or to hire you as a freelancer, as opposed to proving that you actually enjoy freelancing and you actually enjoy what you do. Because then if you say, you know, I love freelancing, I love making, uh, I love doing graphic design, I love doing um, freelance photography, whatever, whatever your niche is, um, if you prove that you love that to your audience to if you prove that you love it on your website um somehow you you prove that you're passionate and you enjoy doing it your client is way more likely to hire you than maybe somebody who is like okay so um can i send you the contract can i send you the contract can i send you the contract because then it's it's too much of a pressure and it's too much of a like a non-natural sales sales type of uh feeling so i think just trying to make it trying hard but not trying hard if that makes sense (laughs) no for sure absolutely and sometimes i mean often overlooked is looking to your own network like you know like you said if if you've traveled and if you're involved in lots of facebook groups and if you've been to networking events and even local events like all these different things you can always reach out and you know set yourself a target to reach out to you know, I don't know, 50 people or 100 people who you've met and, you know, just remind them who you are and what it is that you do. And um, if they know anybody who's looking for it, uh, to, to, to have you in mind and, and to do that. Um, you know, I, I can't remember who I interviewed. I think it was Niall Doherty. And we talked about this and he was like, and even just putting it on your personal Facebook profile, just to remind you, like, you, you never know who's looking for somebody and, and who's, um, and also how many people you have as friends on Facebook. I mean, I, I mean, probably 200 of mine are real friends and another 5,000 are fucking people from all over the world have never met. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, especially when you start traveling, some people's photos show up in your timeline and you're like, do I know you? Uh, oh yeah, I, I met with you, you five years ago. Oh yeah. And then other times it's like, I have no idea who this person is <laughs> yeah no that happened to me recently i was like i lived with that guy didn't i in new zealand oh yeah i forgot he was you know you just forget people existed you know but it's like <laughs> um but that's like but no look so, so that's good so look these are some solid tips you know i i really liked um you know that are improved that you're passionate you know and have that come across in your website in your messaging um and you know ultimately in your sales pitch um i wasn't saying to be aggressive with sales or anything like that I, you know no, i was just trying to hit on that like if you're a freelancer and you're not fully booked, you should always be thinking in, in sales mode Um, in terms of like, what, what could you be doing? Or at least dedicate a little chunk of time towards outreach. You know, simply just that outreach, reminding people what it is that you do. Like you're saying, doing this organic market and putting videos up if that's your thing. If not your thing, 
be a guest on podcasts, um, yeah. write some blog content. You know, I mean, there's thousands of people listening to this every month. So, you know, this then puts you in front of thousands of people and it's evergreen. It's there forever on Spotify and YouTube. So it's like, it's a really good thing to get to get yourself out there. And, um, to, you know, maybe you don't want to be on video. Not everybody wants to be on video. Even I don't really want to be on video. But um, And I feel with, with video as well, people post one video and they're like, oh, no, I have to post more. But but I also think um, putting putting your face out there is, is great. And so many people nowadays are so accustomed to it. There's videos of people walking for ads and it's, you know, proved to be effective. And, you know, it's just really personable. So I think also just any way that you want to put yourself out there, it's just important that you take that first step. It doesn't matter how, but... But but you gotta you, but you can't just sit there looking in your bedroom, <laughs> not, not doing anything. No, but it's the truth, though. You know what I mean. You, you need to get yourself out there. And I mean, even recently, there was a guy who was uh, like a virtual assistant, and he started. You know, he, he he was putting videos up on Facebook, and he was putting stuff in his stories, and it was funny because it was like, you know, I, I worked with this guy years ago on a project, and it's like that was a really good way to re get people's attention. You know, um. You know, I started seeing all his stuff again. I was like, oh, I wonder what he's doing now and how he's getting on, you know. So it was, um, it, it does help with that regard. And I do know what you mean about the videos. I mean, some of them have become, I mean, a little bit cringy, but it's funny. Uh, like, they're, it's like a mix between, you know, these motivation videos you get on like YouTube of like, I don't know, Eric Thomas, uh, uh, E.T. or, I don't know, Tony Robbins or something where it's like this real dramatic cinematic footage mixed with like somebody's audio. I mean, there's so many ads like that now at the minute. Like it's, um, it's cringy, but I don't know, it kind of gets your attention and you watch a little bit of it as well. You yeah, know, so it's, uh... <laughs> evoking emotion, making you remember it and then mention it on a podcast. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, it definitely, a lot of things work. And I think also just as a freelancer, also have fun with your job experiment. See, see what way works the best for you for getting clients and for your audience. I think it's it's social media and digital marketing is really great because if you, it's like you get to be a scientist, you know, you get to be able to, uh, say okay I think this will work and then you try it out and then you realize oh my gosh it doesn't work or oh my gosh it's worked way better than I thought it did so so it's really it's really good yeah and look throwing it out there and having fun I mean ultimately you're not when you go when you decide you want to be location independent digital nomad an online business owner ultimately like you're choosing the business that you run and you know you want to do something like you're saying that you have fun doing and um, that you know, it excites you that, that you love getting into it. I mean, like I know people who just love Facebook ads and they love it. They just love how it all works. And similar to SEO, people who just, they just get me an SEM rush and I just love doing it. And like people, and those are the people you want to work with, you know, and those are the people you want to hire if you're hiring. It's those people who are just super passionate um, about whatever it is that they're into. And those are the people, like you say, it comes off and you can see it in them. And, and you know, those are the people that people want to hire. So I think okay. that's... Uh, that's really solid. Look, I mean, I was going to ask, uh, you know, how, how would you end this? But I think you, you kind of gave it to me without even saying it there, you know. <laughs> it was that last little, that last little um, snippet was really on the money. So, look, if people are looking to connect with you um, and, and learn more, maybe work with you, where would they find you? Um, so my website, Um, And then I also Instagram, send me a DM, XO. <laughs> Um, is my is my handle and then I also have um, a Facebook page it's called Christina Wold Digital Marketing Services it's a very creative name I know um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's the handle but you can search ChristinaVold.com and it's that's the page name as well um, I'm in the process of changing the handle so <laughs> uh, no worries look I'll make sure to link to all the um, 
all of the links mentioned in the show notes. So uh, anybody who's listening, it'll be easy to find over at digitalnomycafe.com or if you're listening on Spotify, there's a wee little thing. I think you can click the links on a mobile now. So that's great. Um, so look, Christina, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and share your story. And thanks to all the listeners for tuning in as well. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.